you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Coe here. We got our normal cast of characters back in the hizzy. We got MG Mike and Marcus Grant. What's up? What's going on, James Coe? Good we, to see you. We've got Adam Rank in the building. What's cracking? What's happening, buddy? Good to see you. It's great to see you once again. How was golfing? You mentioned uh, before you, we, we started the yes. tape here. Mm-hmm. Yes. You were golfing. Golfing was good. Where did uh, you golf? Do you golf? Do you do the full eighteen? Uh, I I have been known to do that. Yes, but uh, listen, I don't like. I like. I'd rather play nine. I'd rather play nine too. Honestly, honestly, I'd I'd much rather play nine. And actually, a big deterrent for me to play golf is if somebody's like, "Let's go play 18. Unless you're going at like six in the morning, which I don't want to do anyway. And we can get in and out. But oh. I am, I do not have any desire to spend five hours on a Saturday. Zero. Zero. Playing 18, waiting at every tee box. I mean, even if there's no wait, I suck so bad, it's going to take me four hours even if there's <laughs> no wait. Like, I'm, I'm spending two hours looking for my golf ball. Okay. That doesn't, I mean, I don't know. Look, I'm going to look for my golf ball regardless, but do I have to spend two hours doing it? No. So, I mean, I suck. So, I for me, if someone's like, hey, let's go play 18, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, actually, and, and to be honest with you, there are some really, really nice par three courses. There's one by my house in Long Beach. Oh, there you go. Yo, that's that's a go great one. No, that's a great one. And Thanks. I love par three because, honestly, you just it, – it's like you hit it and you just walk to it and you, can and you hit par, it again. You can do par three with a nine iron and a putter. That's no, that's what it is. It depends on the par. I mean, par 30 because if, if you play a par 30, that would be three par fours. Right. I mean, the one that's down in El Segundo, that one you can definitely do with the small wedge. Oh, yeah, that's uh, we. Oh, oh, the the lakes over there in El Segundo. I don't know. Wow, how are we getting down? I was gonna say, (laughs) you know, this is totally unseason when we've already been derailed. Four minutes. Are you kidding me? I would talk about this in week four. (laughs) I know you would. I I, and I. How do I get seduced into these conversations with Adam? I don't know how this happens. He knows how to push your. He does. He knows. I asked a legitimate question. He could have said, "Yeah, it was great," and then moved on. But of course. Wanted to engage, man. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, we've got the Whiskit from Wisconsin. I don't know if we uh, – can we drop that moniker now that you're a world-traveled man? Uh, and it's, I'm still from Wisconsin. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, you're a world traveler. Now. Most recently from London. There you go. Heathrow Airport. How was it, pal? Oh, it was a blast, man. We did uh, four Premier League stadiums in five days. Did That's a lot of uh, tourist stuff in London. That is awesome. Westminster Abbey, you know, Buckingham Palace, Big Ben, Tower Bridge, the Globe Theater, all that jazz. It was uh, the Churchill War Rooms, which are really cool if you've never seen them. Are those underground? Yeah, it's the actual bunker that, like, he and the British mili- had military and stuff operated yeah. out of during World War II. 
But you can't get cell phone service in there. You know what I mean? No. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I would imagine. I think that's a uh, that's a deterrent for me. You, know <laughs> you can mean? still take pictures and tweet them <laughs> after, James. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't get internet access. You know what I mean? That's that's a problem. Um, <laughs> Millennials. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got a good show in front of us here today. Um, I have been so impressed uh, by the work of the NFL Fancy Live crew, and that includes everyone in this room, obviously. But uh, most recently, you guys have done some really, really cool stuff. It started with uh, NFL.com slash Fantasy Free Agency, where you guys were tracking in terms of a in a lifestyle blog uh, the latest free agency moves and the fantasy impacts. But more recently, you guys have wrote, I mean, and this is incredible, man, the Rooker Report, basically detailing uh, the profiles of just about damn near every single fantasy-relevant prospect coming into 2017. Now, is it a deep-cut profile of each one? No, but here's my thing. Do I want that even? I mean, some people do. Some people do. And if some you people want that, do, it's out there. It is out there. It's 100% out there, and as a matter of fact, we, we've promoted that yeah. on this very yeah. podcast. Great Matt Waldman. Matt, yeah, Matt Waldman. It, it, it's a great read if you're into just – crazy deep analysis but if you want kind of just like a hey who is that guy again what was his 40 time what were his stats in college uh the the guys here alex gilhar marcus grant uh adam right did you contribute to that i did not but uh, but that's what but i'm with you like it's it's like uh like i like both i like having matt waldman stuff but absolutely I also like a quick reference kind of like if you're reading a comic book and yeah like, what what is dark side's deal again you can go hit up like dcpd or whatever right Exactly. And be like, oh, yeah, that's right. NFL.com slash rookie report. And we're going to dive into that a little bit today. Uh, we'll talk about some guys at running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, maybe even some quarterbacks that have surprised Marcus Grant uh, and Alex Gelhar. And, of course, uh, Adam Rank, who has obviously done a lot of uh, tape watching, tape grinding as well. Well, they I'd put me on some- the mock draft live. Which is go. still in rotation because oh, I think uh, the replays. Uh, if you don't watch it on Tuesday night, it's not live. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's being replayed <laughs> on the NFL Network. Actually, if you're watching it, it's probably not. So it's good. So we'll. Uh, I'd love to get that insight as well. I'm really looking forward to that conversation. We'll close out with Daily Daps. But we start your show, as always, with your top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. We shall start with Marshawn Lynch. Actually, hold on. I have a bit of breaking news. Oh, dun, dun, no. Dun, dun, wait. Dun. Hopefully it, wait, it better be a baseball player. It's not. It's not football related, but um, if you guys can find the remote in there, there is a car there's a, there's chase, a car chase in going Los on right now. Right now. <laughs> there is. It's a it's a road rage slash hit and run suspect Whoa. who's flying through Carson, California right now. Oh man! I've got there's two TVs. Oh man! Uh, peel back the curtain behind okay. the glass. There are two TVs above it. I have them on separate news feeds right now. Beautiful. And I'm, I'm watching as we do the podcast. So is it is it high speed or is it medium? Oh, it's speed? high speed. Oh. Good. Have we? He, he has not started going down the opposite direction of the freeway, James, which yes. I know is one of your prerequisites. Well, just but... opposite way on a street. Yes. So it doesn't matter. That's that's my so prereq. There is a remote in there somewhere if I'm you guys sure want is. to uh, give it a shot. You know what? Part- I'm going to have to give put... it a partaking. I have a story about this, but um, okay. I'm going to put it in. I'm going to put gonna it into sure. daily Daps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, <laughs> what a tease. All right, so like ba- back to Marshawn. <laughs> back to Marshawn uh, So many things happening with Marshawn Lynch. He is a maelstrom of, of news stories here. First, there was the Oakland thing. Uh, it sounded imminent, sounded close to, to getting done. Him unretiring and playing for the Silver and Black. Then he was in this crazy arm wrestling competition in Las Vegas that the league is reportedly looking into for some unknown reason. Then he knocks I don't a, why, want to know why? Uh, oh, were you being cute? I was being yeah. You know what's weird about that? Like, we're going to have a team in, in Las Vegas. I know, soon. buddy. And it's like that's I, part of the built-in joke. No rank. There's nothing wrong with it. Gambling is bad. The NFL doesn't have anything to do with that. Las Vegas is a real city. Yes, with grocery stores and elementary schools, and we got it all. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but a big. I mean, who hasn't gone into that Walgreens on the Strip? Who hasn't? Right. You know what I mean. But and a big segment. A few coins into a slot machine. But a big segment of those people, yes. like every every grocery store in Vegas, has a slot machine. Yes. It so does. conceivably, right. are you not able? You're not going to be able to be, get groceries. I mean, you got to Amazon Prime everything. You could walk in. You could walk in there, you know, trying to get some ground beef. It could walk out with you know prime rib or something. You know, this is. But it's true, but I mean, like, if you can't even go to an arm wrestling competition. Can I also say this though? It's kind of an unknown thing, but you know, in Montana. 
Yeah. Gambling is legal as well. Whoa! So... And Why are we hanging out there? Well, no, because oh, wait, it's Montana. Right, exactly. So this is the funny thing about that. You mentioned there's a slot machine in every grocery store. Guess what? In Montana, there's a slot machine in every grocery store. There's a video poker machine in every restaurant in Montana. Like video tabletop video poker? Yes. Oh, it, my God. It is so funny. I walk through there, and I'm like, okay, I did they not also, realize this. And and they also have no speed limit. No, Well, actually, I don't know, because you get pulled over. I, it might have changed, but it used to be like five bucks. Right. If you're like, you're being too excessive. And you have to this pay the guy right there. Bucks. Boom. This, uh, this, this story is all well and good, but the only Montana associated with the NFL is Joe. So let's Joe get Montana. back to Marsha. All right. <laughs> I'm just saying, how about if someone wants to move a franchise up to Montana? Huh? I feel like they don't what have. Enough, I feel like they don't have enough of a population center. Well, that's. I think there are more people in this building right now than <laughs> in the entire state of Montana. That's so. No false. offense, like Montana's uh, gorgeous, but it like, is it, is oh, not, it's it is not heavily it's, populated. It is not densely populated. Uh, yes, Marshawn Lynch. It was Oakland. It was Las Vegas arm wrestling. Then it was a cell phone, knocking some cell phone out of some poor kid's hands who just wanted a, wanted an autograph. Apparently, Marshawn doesn't do well with people asking for autographs. I'm not exactly sure why, but uh, knocked a phone out of some poor kid's hands. That kind of sucked. Then at the same time, out of nowhere, also rumored to possibly consider a return to the NFL, but not with Oakland, but with the Patriots as well. (laughs) They got Rex Burkhead. Like, stop it. Like, stop with the thunder and lightning, baby. No, stop with. They got their. They have their running back. They're set. They're also. They're also talking to Adrian Peterson. And you know, Legarrette Blunt still hanging out there, kicking the tires and everybody. I'm just waiting for Jamal Charles to go over to to New England. Um, By the way, he's still. By the way, Marshawn is still officially retired. Yep. And the Seahawks still control his rights. Yep. Oh, by the way. What do we make of all the rumors, gentlemen? No, it's much ado about nothing until until something actually happens. Like, I I don't want to waste too much time postulating on this because <laughs> it's it's not a story in my opinion. Isn't that it, that's what's so crazy? Is that the Seahawks I'm still control? Like, like you said, rights. there are so many steps that have to happen before we even consider drafting Marshawn Lynch. Oh, let's, let's wait until we've we've baby <laughs> taken a baby step in that direction before we start. Has it's so crazy because like in his interviews when he would do that, you know, I'm just here so I won't get fined and everything. Mm-hmm. It seems now like he really craves attention. You think? Like, you know, like he's he's everywhere all of a sudden. He's doing Xbox commercials. True. And then you ran down a litany of offenses, not offenses, but like a lit- litany of activity yeah. going to Oakland and that city in the desert. Right. Which we're not allowed to talk about until two years from now. Okay. Unless they move. Unless they unless, move. They, unless they upgrade. Unless we get the you know? Petita family okay. to upgrade Sam Boyd Stadium. Although I don't know if they can because <laughs> they sold their money. I see. They own the stations. Who knows? It's a, it's a, it's a, okay. it's a web of things. Sure. He just he's like lonely now. Like, oh yeah. Like he's like I can't he's like I hated people constantly bugging me. Yeah. And asking me inane questions. Okay. But now I crave it. Yeah, I think he just likes to control the attention. <laughs> right. Oh, like man. if he's going around asking people about Skittles, that's one thing. Okay. But if he's gonna get asked the same stupid mm. question at Media Day fifty times, you don't like, want that. He doesn't want that. You don't want that. And he also doesn't want to sign autographs. No. But that's... if he's also gonna play Mortal Kombat with Conan and Gronk, like true. He'll, do, he'll do that. That's okay. True. Okay. I'm but like, all right, anyways, all right. we're getting we farther like fantasy. What 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 what? I don't know. I Are you tiring of the Marshawn Lynch? No. Oh. I think he's I think it's great, but it's like I think how it's effective. Too. I mean, the thing in Oakland makes sense. Big offensive because, line. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Like that would be something where you're like, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start and play this guy in the in the fantasy football there. Sure. But anywhere else you're just kinda like, Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like the New England thing, I you're do like, kind of really? Agree. Like they have to sign everybody. Like they seem set. Like they're good. They got they got Burke. Yeah. They got they got Rex. James White, possibly. James, no, we Dion, don't Dion uh, Rex Burke. That's Lewis, the thing. In that league Bolden. of leagues. Yeah, Bolden. They got Rex Burkehead. Okay. By the way, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna mark that down. Okay, we're we're marking our daps for uh, later. Daps, okay, good. About how like some of our sneaky picks in that league. I, I love it. Adrian Peterson visited with the Saints, but left New Orleans without a deal. The visit reportedly went well, and the two sides will reportedly continue talking. I don't know about if that means they're working on a deal. Doesn't sound like it, but they're going to continue to talk. The Saints have already. You know they already have invested. Like, hey, did you see New Girl this week? Yeah, yeah, I did. Did you imagine? <laughs> they finally got together. Uh, they have Mark Ingram. Do the Saints just let Mark Ingram be good? Saints, what is the matter with you? The 32-year-old Adrian Peterson, not a noted pass catcher, 
Do you buy the reports, Alex Gellar? No. Okay. This is. I mean, I, I'm sure it's them doing their due I, diligence. You always be happy to get a player like Adrian Peterson, but he, he's 32. They've got good running backs in tow right now. Like, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, I buy the reports that they're talking. Okay. Like, yeah, I, like Ranks. I, 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 I buy that. I buy that. But I think the thing to keep in mind. <laughs> what if they did? What if, like, that's what him and Sean paid? They were just like, about. yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think. I think the thing to remember with all these running backs, whether it's Adrian Peterson or Marshawn Lynch or Jamal yeah. Charles, is nothing's really going to happen until after the draft. True. You know, there's so many young running backs coming into this class, coming it's into true. the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, why would you go out and commit to an aging running? Because all three of these guys are, are getting older. All three have had some form of injury issues in the last few years. Right. Why would you go and make a commitment to one of those guys? When you can get a very talented young guy for a significantly lower price tag. Right yeah, C- cost-controlled for the next four years. Yeah, yeah. no, you're right. It's um, like getting a girlfriend in August. Hmm? You're like, school's just about to start. Oh, I see. <laughs> don't want to go. <laughs> you know, there's a new crop of freshmen that I you see. haven't seen yet. Like, you uh, don't want to do this yet. I see. Okay. All right. Um, we'll stay with the whole running back thing. We'll tie it in to a young guy, though. Are the Niners, quote-unquote, ready to give up? <laughs> On Carlos Hyde, according to a random report from Tony Pauline of DraftAnalyst.com, uh, San Francisco is considering taking Leonard Fournette with the number two overall oh, pick. Please do. Pauline cites health or lack thereof as the main reason San Francisco is thinking about moving on from Hyde, who has missed 14 games over his brief three-year career. Related to that, by the way, yeah. Hyde is still recovering from a torn MCL he suffered in Week 16. <laughs> Pre-draft smokescreen, yay or nay, Marcus Grant? Uh, like when I saw this this morning, I wanted to punt my phone. <laughs> um, <laughs> why? I mean, like, really, we're, we're just we're just giving up on Carlos Hyde already. I mean, of yeah. all those of all those games you talk about that he missed, yeah, the bulk of them. Came in 2015. Came a couple years ago. He missed... Uh, 20, 2016. He missed nine games with a broken foot in 20... Oh, no, you're right. No, 2015. No, 2015. No, no, you're right. You're right. 2015, you're right. right. So you're right. he played 14 games his rookie year. He played 13 games last year, which I think considering the way the running back position is now, getting 13 to 14 games out of a guy... Durable. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, you know, you don't have a ton of guys who take a, a heavy workload and play 16 games. It just doesn't happen. Um... I don't know Tony Pauline. I've never met Tony Pauline. He may be a perfectly nice gentleman, but he's also the only person I've seen that's actually saying much about this. Yeah, I was trying to research that too. Nobody you know, like we that. we have gotten to kind of the draft silly season where rumors fly <laughs> and you know things get put out there for whatever reason. So it's look. smokescreen season. Like it sucks that smoke doesn't have like a good sound effect because I could really use a smoke <laughs> drop. Right. It's true. True. I but mean, uh, it just I just. I'm I'm not buying this just okay. yet. I, I'm not, you know, the idea of taking Fournette at number two uh, when the Niners have so many more issues. Just I don't know. If, I, I'm not buying. If it, it is a smokescreen, what it is is San Francisco, and, and you know, again, if you're not totally, you know, tapped into the whole, you know, NFL scene, right? So it's like San Francisco probably knows there's somebody like Carolina, for example, that really probably does want Leonard Fournette. He fits into their scheme. Uh, he'd be a great fit there. And maybe they can get something from Carolina to move up those, what, six or seven spots, right? If you can get Carolina to move up six spots and then you can trade back down because, again, San Francisco has so many needs that there's probably not a guy other than Miles Garrett, really, that if if he falls somehow to number two, of course you would take Miles Garrett there. But really, honestly, if you could get something out of Carolina to move up six spots and you're still going to get a high-quality player – I mean, why not? That's that's kind of what the thought process is, I think, with people not buying the reports that San Francisco is thinking about Leonard Fournette at number two. Also, does Fournette even fit in with Shanahan's that's crazy. Offense? That's, it doesn't that's make sense. That's the other part of it. I would buy it if they were going Christian McCaffrey. See? There you go. I mean, that's like what that. I'm talking about, yeah. But also when Kyle Shanahan went to Atlanta, that regime – had a pretty good running back with Devontae Freeman, and they're like, yeah, whatever, we're going to go with Tevin Coleman because they like – he's going to be very particular about the running back that he likes. Yeah. And Freeman, through the sheer force of his own will, was able to get himself over. Well, Tevin got hurt, but also Freeman is a much better back than Carlos Hyde, and so he was able to still get over. I don't think that it's crazy to believe that San Francisco could be looking – 
at a new running back. I don't know that they're going to do it at number two, especially with like Jamal Adams sitting there at number two. Like you'd be ridiculous. You'd be, this is a total smokescreen. You'd be ridiculous to pass on one of these defensive players, like, especially in the top. I'd say the top four picks because I think even Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Jacksonville's kind of a wall. Or the first three teams uh, who could all use a quarterback are all going to pass on quarterbacks. They are. The Bears are the only one that don't need a running back, but they all have to go for one of these defensive players. So I don't, I don't buy this. Um, but yeah, in the second, but it would be it would be beneficial for them to go out and acquire some picks because you need you need a you're going to need to bring in a running back. But yeah. there's a ton of them. Uh, imagine if imagine if they were able somehow to 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 fool Carolina into moving up, and Carolina takes Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, as you mentioned, I think is a better fit for them yeah. there at eight, anyways. So and and he uh, obviously he won't he be would, he won't be that. He won't I, be I think I don't think there's any way they take a running back that early. They'll add depth in the later rounds, yeah. but if no, they you're if right. they do, they'd be foolish. Right. That roster right. has way too many holes. And yep. Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde is a good fit for this offense. He, he's a good fit for this offense. He's a very talented back, and some of his injuries, right. some of his injuries have just been bad luck. Like yeah, some guys miss a lot of times. Some guys have terrible luck. Like I th- I think that they'll they'll be fine with Carlos Hyde. They've got I other agree. good backs there on the roster and. Everybody talks about the depth of this draft. They'll get somebody later. Let this rumor go out right now and depress the value of Carlos Hyde, though, because I'll be happy to take I mean, him at a value. Oh, and not not, or other not to mention that if there's one thing we know about Carlos Hyde is that he's solid in week one. So if you're the Niners, you try to wait till week two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> before you move him. Good. <laughs> Manish Mehta of the New York Daily News says, quote, don't be surprised if Eric Decker is it on the roster this season. When Decker gets healthy, he could be on the trade block, according to to Meta, which is, I don't know. I, I I thought to I thought that to be interesting. I mean, th- we're talking about a Jet squad that already lost uh, Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. Clearly, you know, is recovering, but he would you would think be their their number one option there. Uh, I'm surprised by that. Do you just clear house if you're if you're New York I think in terms of the wide receiver? Room? Get rid of everybody. I think, I think that's kind of what's happening. Hmm. I mean, I I just think that they are. It's time to, to you know tear this thing down and start it over again. And I know that you know front office wise and in terms of Todd Bowles, this is not what they're necessarily saying publicly because you know those patient fans in New York will totally you know accept something like that. But um, I do. I think it's just time they're going to kind of break this thing down. Brandon Marshall is gone. Uh, you know, I could. I wouldn't be surprised if Eric Decker, who's you know creeping up on thirty, is gone. Right. And that leaves you with a fairly young receiving core. Guys like Quincy and Nunwa. Uh, Robbie Anderson, you know, Sharon Peak still hanging around there. Who knows if they pick somebody else up in the draft? Uh, you know, I, I get it. You don't have a quarterback right now. You've right. got an aging running back. Why not just blow it up and start over? For Eric let, Decker, regardless of where he moves, it's an upgrade, is it not? Yeah, let him fulfill his destiny of playing with the Patriots. Ah, yes, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good call, Rank. And then be done with it. I like it. Demarius Thomas reportedly was dealing with and hampered by a hip injury all year, an injury he suffered in week one of 2016. Still finished, though, with 90 receptions, 1083 through the air. He's reportedly healthy now and also of note, reunited now mm. with offensive coordinator Mike McCoy, do you believe in a big-time bounce-back year for DT Adam Rank? I believe. Yeah, buddy. He's 29. Yeah. That's still a young man. He is. Even at the wide receiver position. Well, I think especially for the wide receiver position. And he's had, as you've noted here, uh, declining yardage in two consecutive seasons. But the Broncos quarterback situation has been straight dukes. The last two. I love years. Adam Rank's I mean, straight Duke. That was gonna, that was going to be my question though. Is like, <laughs> is Trevor Simeon getting a Dukes. a football transplant? Is he getting, is he getting like, better? Probably. He's getting he's getting a transplant at a uh, offensive coordinator position. I think Mike McCoy is going to help him greatly. And at some point, I um, Paxton Lynch. You know, he was somebody highly regarded coming into the draft. I I think sometimes we give up way too early on quarterbacks. People are like, oh, he oh, threw yeah. a pick. Think like he's out. Like. People pretty much ruined Jay Cutler's life with that nonsense. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what ruined Jay that. Cutler's that life. and eight different offensive coordinators and Mike Martz getting him killed with seven <laughs> step drops and trading away Greg Olson. That's true. That's actually that's, true. It all comes down to your situation. That line, especially and Trevor played pretty well last year, considering the offensive line had some injury concerns. Hell yeah, he did. And they had they were pretty beat up, and they didn't really get a running game going. So I think that there's a lot of promise there, and I think with McCoy coming in, this team's going to look a lot different. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the AFC West, because that, to me, is the biggest wild card with all of them. Because we saw last year, and I said this 
heading into last year that the Chargers playing with the specter of relocation over them, that they were going to have a little bit of a down year and weren't going to play as well. Right. And people were like, no, that, 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 that's not right. And then, of course, that's what happened. Oakland is in a very similar situation. Yes, it was, First it was great. The, it was the specter of moving and not the 18 injuries to top players <laughs> that, that derailed their season. Listen, bro. I remember the podcast episode oh. where you and James spent like 20 minutes <laughs> in this very same It was room. right. Did <laughs> they not have happen. a bad year? Ah, yes, yes. Okay. Yep. I mean, you just look yep. at the numbers, Hashtag right? facts. Look at, the, exactly. look at the numbers. I can't help the fa- – everybody has injuries. <laughs> Every single team. <laughs> Oh, boy. I love it. Uh, by the way, his touchdown, not only has his yardage declined in two straight years, his touchdowns, man, have plummeted the last couple of years as well. Six in 2015, just five in 2016. This after having 14 in 2013. The the Mike McCoy effect is what we should really watch for because I think what DT needs is to get back to that catch and run stuff that we used to see a lot more with Peyton Manning. Right. And uh, that wasn't as much a staple of the past offenses. So Mike McCoy does like to throw that, that wide receiver screen. Yes. Uh, and Almost that's an area where slants. Yeah. DT's great after the catch. He's that's got what that he is. he's got that burst. He's got that big body to make the catch and then, then get up the field and go afterwards. So, so. I, I do like the fit, although I gotta say, man Where do where do we where do we draft him? What round? I mean, we're talking about a guy whose floor, right? If he stay, if he stays healthy, and he's been able to stay on the field even when he's not a hundred percent. I mean, we're talking about a floor of eighty catches, right? Eighty catches and at least a thousand yards. Yeah. Hmm. No. No. I mean, I think you're about right. I mean, um, that's his. But that's what, what I'm saying is that's a floor, and that's a pretty safe floor. I like that floor uh, for a wide yeah, receiver. Yeah, it's it, those the touchdowns just are so critical yeah. in fantasy. And if this offense with the bad offensive line, quarterback question marks, like you know the running backs have have been mired with injuries and stuff like that, True. and other performing. Like if they're not getting a lot of scoring opportunities, that's gonna that's gonna keep them down a little bit. But I, I uh, fifth round. I, I was going to say, yeah, right. that sounds about right. I think that's about right. Maybe, I, depending on how the draft falls, take I, him around earlier or I do later. think, I mean, again, I think 1,000 yards and six touchdowns, I think that's his floor. Um, but And I think the upside, though, is still, you know, 1,300 with, you know, eight to ten touchdowns. Um, I, I, I like that. I like that's, that a lot. That's a, I mean, yeah, I like that potential. I just think that's a big number considering what we've seen from the Broncos offense the last couple of years. Yeah, that's true. But, I, I, you know, again, I think one draft time comes around, I, I feel as if Demarius Thomas is going to be one of my favorite draft bargains. Just because... It is ADP's now in the fourth round. It's in the fourth Born round? In the fantasy right. football See, I, But right. again, I just think I think that's going to get depressed, though. I do. I think as the... I, I think when we get closer to season start, I think his value will fall. You're going to be depressed after you draft him. <laughs> I'm just joking. I don't believe that. I just wanted to throw that That's joke in there. That's a pretty good joke, though. That's right. it. You got to go for that. All right. Let's talk about the Rookie Report, NFL.com slash Rookie Report again. Alex, do, do me a favor. Explain to the folks what it is. Well, we wanted to give a quick synopsis after watching tape and, uh, you know, studying up on these prospects. Give a quick pre-draft synopsis of what they do well, what they did in the past, and what just to give everybody an idea of what could happen fantasy wise depending on where they land in the draft then because that's the tough part is you're like yeah this this team needs a running back and then they draft Joe Schmo in the fourth round it's like cool they got a running back but what does that what does that mean right this is the providing you the context so it gives you a quick primer when you're watching the draft and like you know for last year had we done this last year like that was when we called it prospect today but like when the Ravens took, uh, or you know, when the Broncos took Devontae Booker, right? You kind of knew what the deal was. You knew what he was getting into. So then you can take that past knowledge in our little scouting reports, yep. Apply it to the current situation on the team and get a better, quick assessment that way. And that's really what it is, right? It's it's just a primer. Um, and again, but it covers. My God, I mean, it covers every fantasy relevant, potentially fantasy relevant player. Uh, in the incoming draft class, which I just think is amazing. So um, I, I highly recommend it as a read, nfl.com slash rookie report. But um, in, in a, I'll also say this. Kudos to you guys for grinding this much tape because good God almighty, I know that it is. It, it becomes a chore. It does. I mean, it depends who you're watching. Some guys are a lot of fun to watch. Oh, sure. Some guys, uh, you know, not so much. All right. So give me a guy, uh, Marcus Grant, that after, again, grinding all this tape, give me a guy that that you were pleasantly surprised by. Uh, Kareem Hunt. 
and I think I might have mentioned him on this podcast. A while Running back, back out of Toledo. Out of Toledo. Yep. Uh, very early on in the process, I, I happened to just, you know, I'd, I'd seen some things about him. I'd seen a few people say some good things about him. So I wanted to, you know, see what it was all about. And it didn't take me very long at all to understand why people liked him. He's not a guy um, that jumps out at you in any one particular area. In fact, I think, you know, his work at the Combine was just okay. It wasn't great. Um, wasn't terrible. And that's sort of... When you watch him play, I mean, his his ability, I think, translates more on tape than it does in necessarily, you know, individual workouts or anything like that. He uh, does a lot of things very, very well. Maybe not great at any one thing, but is just very competent in a lot of areas. In fact, uh, I mean, somebody on Twitter responded and, and said that they reminded him of a young Frank Gore, which I think is, is high praise. I mean, considering the career Frank Gore has had, what he does – um, you know, Kareem Hunt, I think, can be that guy. He's got good power, balance, agility, and, you know, he's not an immediate burner, but he is fast enough that he can get away and he can get loose and, and make some big plays. So, uh, I mean, he's a guy that you probably won't see come off the board until the third day, but uh, I think when he does, uh, whoever gets him is going to get a quality running back. Alex Gelhar, somebody that surprised you after watching all the tape? Uh, was Joe Williams, running back out of Utah. He hasn't been getting a lot of hype, uh, partially because he's got an interesting, and I mean interesting, like interesting is not a great word to describe stuff, but it is an interesting past because he was kicked off the team at one point for like a small theft thing, came back, but then retired briefly during his senior year as he dealt with personal grief. Okay. He had had, he lost his sister at a very young age. Like she passed away basically in his arms and it was like a very traumatizing thing. It's a fascinating piece on him. If you search my Twitter handle and Joe Williams, I I remember tweeting out a while ago. But he's uh, on the field. He's a little undersized. He's 5'10", 210, so not too bad. He's a little bit more in that Ray Rice role if he puts on a few more pounds. But this guy does it all. He's he fights through contact, keeps his legs turning. He's got good balance. Ran a four four one forty at the combine, James. I know you like that. I love it. And uh, once he came back and got his head right after retiring, like a lot of a lot of teams knowing the old guard style of football scouts and coaches, and be like, oh, kid didn't want it. He retired, but that wasn't the case. Like he knew he needed to go get his personal self in order figured out before he could work on his you know football self. And after he came back, he crushed it. So uh, he, he's, a, he's a great guy. I really like him. I'm going to be really intrigued to see where he goes in one of the later rounds like Marcus's uh, pick there, too. He's going to be a day three guy, I'm, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if he, he does some good stuff at the next level. Okay. Adam Rank, I know you didn't contribute to the rookie report, but obviously you've been doing a lot of pre-draft work. Uh, first of all, talk to, talk to us about the work that you've been doing uh, on the television side, and then give me a guy that um, – and we'll talk about Leonard Fournette, and, and you can t- explain to the, to the <laughs> listeners why you're, you're not – not quite as high on Leonard Fournette as a lot of other folks are. Well, that's what I've been doing with uh, Mock Draft Live. Obviously, it's uh, Lance Zerline, Daniel Jeremiah, and Bucky Brooks. Each week, they release their own Mock Draft, and I kind of sit there off to the side uh, and then contribute, trying to figure out, like, hey, if Leonard Fournette went to the Jacksonville Jaguars, what do you think of that? Would that be a good fit? Which, for me, I don't like that at all because the the Jags already have two quality – or. They have two running backs. Chris Ivory, Chris Ivory can be good. I'm I'm higher on uh, TJ Yeldon than a lot of other people. Nope. But stop it. No. Nope. Uh, yes, a lot of it was the offensive line, and I and this is a terrible draft for the offensive line. But if it I is. was going to be the Jags, I would look at if if you're not going to go defense and just continuing to double down on your defensive side of the football, then go after OJ Howard because that would be a much more beneficial fit for them than it would be. Uh, Fournette, and a couple of weeks ago we talked about it. Like Fournette has to be in a certain part, certain kind of offense, and it's got to be a little bit more old school, and it's got to be a team with a with an it's going to run a, with an eye formation, or at least have a fullback and, and do things like that because he doesn't really translate as much to the modern NFL, and you see that a lot with these guys, especially when they're great in college. Like, oh, my God, this guy is so good in college, but I, I don't understand what the disconnect was with the pros. It's like, well, you play a different game. And you look at some of the offenses that those SEC teams run, it's it, doesn't, it doesn't always tra- – well, well, here's the thing. It doesn't always translate. And it's funny because if you look at LSU, the guys who are really good, and Fournette is going to be one of them, might not translate into the NFL. But when you look at guys – and you look at, like, Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, who were good in college. They were good players making great plays. But there are few and far in between. I know Jarvis Landry had that one-handed catch against Minnesota, Minnesota, Mississippi 
Uh, I think it was, and it was amazing. But you're like, you didn't see them. They weren't like Corey Davis where they had 190 catches because it doesn't lend itself to them. So Fournette benefits from the opportunity of that offense and going and running behind it. And we saw once he left and decided, like, I'm going to go pro or whatever happened, he got hurt. I'm sorry, you can't see my air quote. (laughs) Guys went in there and was not only as good, some would argue was even better. Which means, like, okay, that's a, that's what we kind of thought all along. It's like, why you think these Alabama running backs a lot of times go to the NFL and they're like, eh, wow, they're not as good as they once were. So, with Fournette, I'm like, I'm off of it. Unless you can do something that a lot of other – unless you can contribute. Would you agree with my assessment that if he goes to Carolina, that could be If awesome. he goes to Oakland, he'll be amazing. Right. That would be great. And it would be awesome if the NFL, if they just got together and they were a little bit more like the NBA and said, listen <laughs> – Hey, guys, like, Fournette's going to be best <laughs> at Oakland, so can you not draft him and let right. him fall down there? Like, that? just do the right thing for do the, the right product. Thing. Right, for the product. For the fantasy and for everything. Like, like, sure. like do that. And right. I, I think there's a chance he could slide in this draft because I think that it's easy for all the draft nicks and everybody else to get really hyped on him. Like, this guy's great, but we've seen it. And I know Adrian Peterson's older, but it's like nobody's rushing out to pick up those kind of guys. Like nobody's like, we got to have this straight ahead runner who's not going to contribute in our passing game. He's going to be beneficial when you could go out and get somebody who's multifaceted, who's going to fit the way of the modern. I think the biggest reason that he could he could slide in the draft is because and it's funny. I know he's one of the marquee names in this draft in terms of the running back class. But because the running back class is so deep, I do wonder if teams will continue to gamble um, taking a running back later and later. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, especially with Joe Mixon hanging out there. And you've you uh, got to gotta sit there and think about it, too. Like, Joe Mixon can catch the ball. Uh, Fournette can catch it. Guys, come on. Leonard Fournette can catch the ball. Like, they didn't throw to the running back a lot in that offense because Les Miles' system is horribly, horribly, horribly uncreative. But he can catch the ball. And it... All the tape that I've seen on Leonard Fournette, that dude can catch the ball. It's just a matter of he didn't get a lot of opportunities to do it uh, in the college. I think he's, I think he'll be fine out of the backfield. But it, but I do agree with your assessment that yes, you need to have a power run game to fully utilize his abilities. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about D.D. Westbrook uh, there from Oklahoma. Uh, what was your takeaways, Alex Gilhar? I mean, I think he's a he's a fine player, but I think his his size and his skill set is going to limit him and at the NFL level to probably just slot duties. He's a little undersized, he's shifty in space, but he wasn't getting a ton of rese- of uh, separation, excuse me, on his on his more traditional routes and stuff like that. So I have I have a feeling like there are people that are going to like some of his bigger plays and his speed and and stuff like that, but. My fear is that he's going to come in and he's not and he's not he's not going to be at the level of like a Sterling Shepard to succeed right away out of the slot that he's going to take some time. And for for mm. a fantasy perspective, I don't think he's a guy that we should be chasing very highly. I feel like I he's probably maybe a third round rookie dynasty pick at best here. There's other guys that I'd rather take that aren't maybe viewed as highly on some draft lists. He's definitely a name. He's a name and that's 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 why like I was excited to watch him but when I came away I was wasn't quite as inspired okay. because I think a lot of his production was manufactured or did stuff in space. If there's a team willing to do that with him, great. But I just I think he's going to have a tougher transition to the NFL. MG, how about Alabama product Ardarius Stewart? Your you know, takeaways there? Uh, I've won. I was surprised that he wasn't getting as much love as you know some of the elite guys in, in the class, and I, and I sort of get it to a point. Watching him, one of the big takeaways I had was. Man, Jalen Hurts was really inaccurate throwing the football last That's, year at Alabama. Yep. That um, was their that was their Achilles heel. That me. was that was one of the takeaways. It's like all the times that Stewart was able to get open and and just was missed with with passes there. Uh, he's a guy who you know he measures at five eleven, but plays a lot bigger than that, and is great when he has mm. the ball in his hands. Um, has the has decent enough speed to be kind of a deep threat. Ran a four four nine. Uh, you know, obviously he's not John Ross or anything, but but still with pretty decent speed, can get downfield, does a good job getting open, really in an offense that, you know, wasn't known for maybe being super high-flying. Right. Um, but he's a guy who I think fantasy-wise, nobody's going to be talking about our Darius Stewart, at least few people are, uh, certainly in redrafts. Maybe he gets some look in dynasty drafts, but I think he's he's kind of that guy that you get midway through the season – and he becomes a really attractive waiver wire pick, I think, in the right offense. Okay. Kind of a guy that nobody really talked about, nobody really thought about. But if you are kind of paying attention to some of the deep cuts, 
Uh, I could see a situation where you pull him off the waiver wire and you prosper late in the year. Oh, man. I hate to take the easy way out and compare him to Steve Smith, but not enough to keep me from doing it. (laughs) 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 That's what he reminds me of. He's a physical wide receiver. physical guy. One of the things that stood out to me just watching Alabama games uh, is their quarterback sucks uh, compared to other quarterbacks. He's better than me. Um, (laughs) He's a great blocker. And that's the kind – I know it doesn't translate. You don't get fantasy points for that. But that's the kind of stuff that gets you on the field as a rookie. True. If you're able to contribute that's a great that point. way, then the coaches aren't going to have a hesitation. You know, because that's, that's always – it's a big thing with running backs, too, is, like, they have to be good in pass protection, mm-hmm. uh, which is why some guys get opportunities earlier than others. So he's going to get an opportunity. He's physical enough to where he can be a touchdown score near the red zone. And if he's put on the, the proper team – and if you were fantasy booking, like, eh, what if the Cardinals took him? You know, and they've got Fitzgerald, and they've got some speed guys there, too. And if he was just somebody who was on that team as a contributor, you're like, okay, this is perfect. He, 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 wouldn't, he wouldn't succeed as much in, like, Tennessee, who needs – they need speed. Yeah, they just need straight-up speed. You know, but if, if he goes to a team that has the established speed to where he can go out and do the dirty work – uh, crack some fools with not blocks. not Steve Smith. Is it would it be more accurate to Heinz say Ward? There you go. Yeah, I mean, nah. I thought he was angrier. Okay, I he was a little, <laughs> but I mean, of the same mold. I mean, yeah, sure. Really not. Um, but yeah, in that kind of okay. similar vein. And right. I think that uh, I think he's going to be. I'm with Marcus. I think he's going to be pretty valuable. NFL.com. And, and this is another thing too. Yes. Uh, when you're talking about guys not quite translating what they do, like Curtis Samuel is one who stands out to me like he's a great football player and like and one of the things you enjoy, somebody who can run really fast. Oh, sure. And somebody who can find a way to get onto the field. Because I know like because Stewart and Samuel are two guys that everybody like, why you don't watch tape because you don't know. <laughs> and it's like, I'm sorry that I'm watching good football players. And a lot of times these guys aren't afforded the opportunity to go out there and put up gaudy statistics and had Stewart gone to another school, if he had gone to a Mac school where they're throwing him the ball 80 times a game, he would have ridiculous statistics. Curtis Samuel is playing in a high-profile offense that has a number of NFL prospects. And when you take that guy, like Samuel reminds me of something of what Tavon Austin could be or somebody who's more of a, a Swiss. I kind of hate that stupid thing. Swiss, Swiss Army, Army knife. knife. <laughs> but he does, he does football things. And he can get his he can find his way onto the field. You can line him up in the backfield. You can line him in the slot. You can line him out wide. I mean, similar to why I like guys like Christian McCaffrey. It's like you can put him at different spots on the football field. Like I, is he a traditional like is he gonna run the best post? Does he run the best post I've ever seen? Obviously not. But as a football player, He's amazing, and that's you want the guys who can make plays and score touchdowns. That's a good point. I was going to say, like, I I agree with you on Samuel, and I think that's why, like, he'd be somebody I'd look at before uh, D.D. Westbrook is because hmm. he's a great runner. He's he's an extreme athlete, and he was able to create more separation for him on routes. Even if they both come in and have to play the slot, I like. Yeah, who would you rather have? Uh, I'd rather have Samuel. 100%. I think I think he's more. I think he's more dynamic, and he offers more. And he could have like a Tyreek Hill type of role where he takes a few carries out of the backfield, catches some, uh, a few yeah. passes, has a design, has a, has a couple design plays. Like, so just to just to play devil's advocate uh, in regards to these guys who have multiple you know roles and and, and can play different positions, um, it feels as if the NFL is moving towards that model, right? I mean, we talk about Tyreek Hill. We talk about Ty Montgomery. Um, Christian McCaffrey certainly seems like a guy that's going to fill that role. But in terms of old-school NFL thought, right, it's such a specialized game, the NFL is. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where, you know, guys do still get knocks for not being a, a great, quote-unquote, specialist. So you're not a great burner. You're not a great slot guy. But you can do a little bit of everything. But can you – can you make an impact on the football field? We're slowly moving towards a, a multiple, you know, position, positional type multiple, role. Multiple is one of the big buzzwords. Oh, yeah. Big well, oh, buzzwords. Yeah. Oh, well, we're, we're trending toward multiple when it comes to running backs because running backs are being used interchangeably and in some cases are expendable. So if you are a running back looking to 
kind of make a bigger impact and get on the field more. I think you right. have to be multiple. All right, so there you go. Uh, NFL.com slash Rookie Report. Uh, really looking forward to next week's conversation when we talk about fantasy fits, potential fantasy fits uh, for our favorite uh, incoming rookies, and we will talk about 2017 Fantasy Fool's Gold, a special from Marcus Grant. We'll be talking about both of those things next week. Ooh, but Get ready to hate me, everybody. <laughs> let's close out the show with your round of Daily Daps. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the day. Daps and hooks. Give me daps, because I'll be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up, daps abound, daps looks. Daily dab time. Let's go to MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's up? Uh, remember back in the day when we were all younger that, you know, TV kind of started to wrap up in the spring and, you know, summer, like you didn't really have new shows coming out, you know, NBC with the whole, if you haven't seen it, it's new to you, crap. Mm. Um, yeah, not so much anymore. Like now TV is kind of good all year long. And like in that vein, uh, you know, Better Call Saul just came back earlier this week. Uh, finally got around to watching the first episode. It was Mike Ehrman Trout continues to be amazing as a character. Um, He's the best. He is the best. Like the whole arc of uh, that's Mike. the guy who played Marshall and Barney's boss in How I Met Your Mother. Yes, he was also. Wait, no, no, no. That's that's okay. Bob Odenkirk. He's oh, he's, he's actually Saul. Saul. Uh, Mar- Ehrman Trout played. Uh, he was, uh, he, ben, was, he was Ben's dad in Parks and Rec. He was okay. some other stuff. He was also the uh, the second bad guy, the main thug in Beverly Hills Cop. Yes. Oh, Whoa. Yes. Wow. But no, he's a, an amazing character. I agree. Uh, I was going to dap Saul too. So, but uh, so like that was amazing. Archer uh, is back. Archer Dreamland now. Um, is that any good? So I watched the first episode. Uh, I'm a little seems, seems gimmicky. I'm a little disappointed on the premise, but I'm I'm okay. I'm willing to give it a chance because I love the show and I love the writing, and All so right. I'm you know I I will stick with it. Obviously, I mean, look, we're seven seasons in. I'm not just or eight seasons, whatever it is. I'm not just gonna you know pull the shoot on this thing right now. Okay. Um, so that's back, and that's giving me something to to watch. Also, the big one. Yeah. New episodes of Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand hit. I think Netflix on Friday. Mystery science. So, you know, I was What? So I love mystery. I love MST3K as a kid. It was amazing. Wow. It has part of it was part of the reason it spawned my love for just terrible, terrible science fiction movies. What a random pull. Um, I love it. And it had been on Netflix for a long time and then vanished off Netflix. And then randomly as I'm flipping around okay. uh, last week or two weeks ago, I see that they've brought episodes back. Like the old original show back uh and now i had heard it was in the works for a while and so uh you know joel hodgson who was the uh, original man on the satellite of love with the two robots there or the multiple robots i should say uh the crew is back uh with some new faces Patton oswalt has taken over as tv's frank um but i'm i'm excited i'm excited for the show to come back i'm excited to see what movies they dig up to watch this whole thing i am super fired up so uh, you know, I I may go see. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure Gilhar will probably dap Fast Eight, but uh, if after I go see that, may lock in for the rest of the weekend with a you know like a, a 24 rack and just uh, watch bad watch Ooh. robots roast bad movies. Okay, I can get on board with that. Yeah. Uh, I will daily dap. First of all, R.I.P. Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy. Darkness. Um, passed away today. Uh, super sad. I was bummed out about that, man. I mean, those uh, we talk about those Chappelle show skits. And all the time. I mean, all the time. And even now, because how long has it been? A decade? Since it went off the air, yes. I mean, and they're at, still. At least. At decade. least. And they're still great. Still they're, they're relevant. S- they're still like the like memes that people love when they pop That's up. That's what like, I'm saying. The game blouses meme pops, uh, like <laughs> image pops up on Twitter and people still go crazy well, it's, like when it's appropriate. It is amazing and sad that the basically the main characters of two of the most famous skits, mm-hmm. the, the Prince uh, skit yes. and the Rick James skit and yes. Charlie Murphy. I know. Are no longer with us. Yeah. I know. It is insane. What was he, 57? 57. 57. Battle oh, with leukemia. It's man. sad. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. Uh, but daily daps to Charlie Murphy for uh, helping to create some of the best uh, comedic sketches of all time, man. Uh, I'll also give daily daps to the uh, the Boy Young Boy podcast who just had me on. It was uh, a huge honor to be uh, part of Matt Harmon's podcast project there, so that was cool. Um, daily daps to Samaj P. Ryan who worked with a magician to propose to his girlfriend. I haven't watched this link yet that you put in there, but I, I, I certainly will today. It is. It's cornball. Look, it's cornball. But I'm a sucker for magic. Man, what? Like, a lot of proposals are cornball. <laughs> like one of our producers, he got he got engaged at a Diswalla concert. 
What? This week. Really? Yeah. Was it Dishwalla? I, I thought it was a different band. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought it was a different band <laughs> I, I saw on Twitter. I mean, it was a different <laughs> different <laughs> 90s alternative band. <laughs> Damn it, I blew it. <laughs> Third eye blind. Third eye blind. Damn it. <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. Dishwalla. But, uh, but yes, it is kind of cornball, but whatever. Just you could go Google it. Samaj P. Ryan, uh, who is, by the way, one of my favorite kind of under-the-radar uh, running backs in this class. Uh, it's a very deep class, but I thought Samaje P. Ryan uh, obviously played behind Joe Mixon there in Oklahoma. But I think if he was given the opportunity, I think he could have done some serious damage. I, I really like his running style. Um, he slimmed up, he shaped up, and uh, and I I really honestly believe. Did you hang out with him or something? What happened? He, well, first of all, all the no. Oh, all you the, saw the video of him proposing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could Google it, pal. But I'm saying I'm saying he is he's a good athlete. Um, and I think he could be highly productive in the right system. That's all I'll say about so much of Um Alex Gilhar, hit me. Uh, well, as Marcus alluded to, I was lucky enough to see an early screening of Fate of the Furious yes. last night, and it was a blast. <laughs> like, I love these movies. They <laughs> Do you? I, I, I honestly 100% do. And okay. some people, like, I, it always kind of surprises me the, like, outrage of people on online they're like how can people watch these movies unironically and i'm like these movies are a blast and the reason is because the series yes it's ludicrous like they and ludicrous jumped a car between three skyscrapers in the last movie perfect came out without a scratch of course but how do you feel if you're doing the car wash and ludicrous is the celebrity that you get you don't get (laughs) your talk show doesn't get the rock it's like hey uh do we get The Rock? No, no, no. You get oh, Ludacris. No. You or off. you could get Tyrese. <laughs> oh, even worse. But, okay, so anyways, what, why I love these movies is yeah. they are so, they're self-aware. Okay. They know what they are. Yeah. They know why people love them. Right. And they just sail into that. And it's super fun. Like, if you go, like, what I was, dawned on me as I was leaving the theater last night is, like, these are kind of like the cheesy 80s action movies we all cherish. For sure. Cherish for their ridiculous one-liners like Commando and, you know, the Arnold the Arnold and uh, Stallone and yeah. Chuck Norris movies like Delta Force and all that stuff. Like, they, they know that they're they're not steeped in reality, but they have fun with it. And okay. that's, that's the best part is you go and you have fun. Like, this movie has so many ridiculous one-liners, <laughs> it's worth the price of admission alone. Great. And uh, the Jason Statham rock banter back and forth is excellent. There's also a scene, I'm not going to spoil anything, there's an action <laughs> sequence with Jason Statham at the end. Might be the action sequence of the year. It's outrageous. Great. But uh, please, please don't spoil the Fast and the Furious for me. Hey, <laughs> hey people love these movies. People love I, these listen, movies. I'm, I'm in concert with you. Uh, I really. Uh, so real quick then. Uh, also, I want to give a daily dap to the article, the definitive Fast and Furious movie rankings from The Ringer. I disagree with their rankings. Okay. I'll, I'll give mine, including eight, shortly. Ooh. But it was written by uh, Andrew Grotadero and Shea Serrano. This, if you're a fan at all of the series or just want to laugh and read some pretty darn good writing, read this review because they go through their love of the series. They put together five pillars of how they rank, how what they use to rate each movie. Wow. And then my favorite part, though. <laughs> five pillars to ranking? Yes. Well, it's like how important is the main, oh, how important man. is the main street race? Oh, like how deep man. is the, the family through line? Wow. Like how good is the villain? My favorite part of the article, though, is they have satellite rankings that include... A hierarchy of the women in the Fast and the Furious movies based on how independent they're allowed to be, from least independent to most independent. <laughs> the least independent is that woman who volunteers herself as a race prize in Tokyo Drift and goes all the way to the actual female characters. <laughs> Another one is the uh, wow. rapper cameos ranked by how much they're not Iggy Azalea because she's in the seventh one. Oh, she is? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I'll tell you what. The, there are uh, nine, I guess, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, Iggy Zilla came in eighth. Everybody else tied for first. Oh, good. So they have a lot of fun satellite rankings like that that were great. And now my quick rankings yes. of oh, movies yes. from best. Of all eight. Of all eight. Good God. Uh, Fast Five, Furious 7, The Fast of the Furious, the original, The Fate of the Furious, uh, and then we will go to uh, Fast and Furious 6, Too Fast, Too Furious, Fast and Furious, and Tokyo Drift. There uh, you have it. Tokyo people. Drift was the worst. That is, that is, I think that's the undisputed worst one in the series. Okay. Yes. I, I mean... People, you can you can make a case for Fast and Furious or Too Fast, Too Furious, but 
Tokyo Drift's the worst, guys. <laughs> Tokyo. Watching, I, I described it to a friend via text message as we were talking about this. Watching, Wait, is, is Paul Walker in? No. Oh, okay. no, he's none not. of them are in. None it. of them are in. Han, are in Han yeah. is in it. Uh, for he's he 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 was in that, and then he popped up in the subsequent movies. Okay, they had to do a little retcon. Uh, and Vin Diesel's at the very last scene for like two seconds. But I, see. That I will spoil. say why that why that movie this movie's been out for a decade. Joking. Why why to, uh, Tokyo Drift is last for me is because watching Lucas Black, the main guy, act is like watching a dumpster actually catch fire, <laughs> flare up, and then burn into a pile of ash. Oh, good. Wow. It's not just wow. a dumpster fire. You wow. watch the entire process. Oh man, uh, I could just see the movie ratings right now. Right. Uh, Fate of the Furious, the fourth best in the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Gelhar, NFL.com. Hey, it's a it's, solid wreck. It's got a, it's got a lot. It's got a lot to live up to, man. I like it. I like it. Uh, Adam Rank, close us out. Who thinks? Who do you think sticks around? I think even like Neil Dutton would. Stick avid around list, for this part. Avid listener, no. He's like, okay, I'm out. Here comes Frank's <laughs> Now I'm out. Now I'm out. Wait, wait, Because he'll probably look and be like, how is there still 35 minutes left uh, <laughs> on this podcast when they're doing Daily Daps? You reminded, you reminded me, Rank. I wanted to give a Daily Dap to all of the listeners and uh, other followers of our work that I met up with while in London. Oh, that's great. I did meet up with Neil Dutton in Liverpool and a number of other listeners. They that's took, solid. They took short train rides into Liverpool to have a couple beers with uh, my buddy and I. And then I met up with uh, a handful of other people as well, uh, some industry people, and then some guys that are starting their own podcast uh, called Brits in the UK. I told them to let me know when they need a guest. And Hell yeah. And guys can be guests on too. Uh, they met us up for beers in London on Monday night as well. So oh, that's lovely. Daily Daps to everybody that went out of their way to, to hang out and have a, have a beer with me in London. It was, a lot, that is it was lovely. a lot of fun catching up with people. We have some awesome listeners, some very, very funny people too as well. So Dude, that's I cool. think we just guaranteed that Neil did listen to this long to right. make sure that he was going to get mentioned. Yes. That's true. But now he's out. Now, now he's, he's, out. Out. he's out. Sorry, Rank. I should have like, saved gonna, that until I'm after gonna, your rank. I'm going to cut out the last 35 <laughs> minutes of this podcast. It's because it's been a while because like – Similar to what Alex is talking about, and everybody hasn't been that long. It's only one episode you've been being so (laughs) so upset that he enjoys the Fast and the Furious because there's people around here, and I won't call anybody out, but some of them might be short with bigger ears. Like, why do people like WrestleMania? Like, like, dude, you tweet this every year. Like, get over it. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I think it's a scheduled tweet for him. (laughs) A lot of people in the world. Enjoy this, and I'm sorry that it's not up to your highbrow standards of, Mm. you know, not everybody can go to Augusta and get loaded and come in and brag about it at a production meeting. So I'm sorry that if I'm amongst (laughs) the riffraff who is sitting there drinking a... Drinking a you know a local crafted IPA and enjoying uh, Uh most of the show. Good. Except that Bray Wyatt lost. Right. And I don't know why Randy Orton's yeah. got to win a title in 2017, but that's not what's standing. Okay. Right. Uh, I would like to – so I'd like to give dabs to the WWE. Okay. Uh, they're kind of switch up that they're doing right now with the Raw and SmackDown thing. And, again, I, I won't spoil anybody because we are taping this on Wednesday, so sure. somebody might not have cut up on SmackDown. But, like, really? Like, you guys were doing good. Some of their changes – whatever. Okay. Uh, I would like to dap the Los Angeles Lakers for showing integrity – and winning, Got and it. this this is the thing. Now I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say this right now. Yeah, uh, I do not believe that the NBA draft lottery is a legitimate thing. Okay. I think it's <laughs> I think it's, it's I think it's as much a work as WrestleMania. Oh my god! And they're gonna be listen. You think they're gonna put Magic Johnson out there and uh, and let him lose the Lakers pick on draft? Like hundred okay. percent. I think he's gonna come in fourth. Uh, well, listen, this is the, because they do it in reverse order. He's gonna come in fourth, and they're gonna zoom in tight. On Magic's face, and that will be epic. Well, there's two schools of thought. Because if they do that, then it shows that it is fixed. And they're like, we got to make sure that nobody thinks it's fixed by making sure the Lakers actually lose their pick, which is fine. So I'll be able to defend myself either way. But I still think it's a work. (laughs) I still think they'll give them the second pick. They they don't want to be as overt as they were when they gave Cleveland – 85 consecutive number one picks in the run-up to LeBron James returning to the team. Um, so it's all good. So I, I kind of like it. And I think that if it is a legitimate thing, let's, yeah. let's say the lottery is real, okay? <laughs> the Lakers did not oh, anger the gods uh-huh. by <clears throat> by just tanking. Okay. They went out there and they performed and they competed. And at the end of the day, they still have a first-round pick. I know it's Houston's first-round pick, and it's not going to be great. It's okay. not going to be the third overall selection. No. Still, they'll get a good player, and they'll, they're will they back. I think Brandon Ingram's the stud. I think that team 
It's got a nice court going forward. So I like what they're doing. So okay. I don't care. I'm not going to be one of those Laker fans who's like, we should have, like, shut up. Like, we could have lost. If we would have had the worst record in the NBA, we could have lost that pick. So whatever. Um, the series crashing ended its eight-episode run. Uh, they've been renewed for season two. I thought the last one was kind of like, it was too Judd Apatowie. Like, oh, okay. Like, they kind of, I don't know. I, I I went back and watched it a second time, and I'm like, eh, okay. That's okay. I get it, but it's still fine. Uh, Louis C.K.'s monologue on Saturday Night Live was hilarious. Okay. And that's the kind of stuff that angers me, and I'm like, I'm never going to be that funny. I might just play. I just It's a stupid premise about, like, why did the chicken cross the road? And it was a, and it worked into a joke about how racist the chicken was. Yeah. And it was, a mer- uh, it was amazing. Uh, I would like to give daps to uh, Southwest Airlines. Cause, uh, Troll job. I think they're a fine organization. Sure. And I've really uh, – I've never had a problem with them. And when you read about other airlines and things that people go through and how angry people get with flying, and speaking of which, if you ever want to get a good grasp of what airline travel is like, Louis C.K. does a great bit on it. Uh, so you can go look that up. But it also reminds me, like, I never have a problem with Southwest. And I know that they're supposed to be the worst because of their cattle call or whatever. But, like, I always find that to be the best because I'd rather pick my seat. Uh, C-Lab, if you like Archer. I don't know if you guys have heard. Dunkin' Donuts is good. Um, okay. That's a great place. Um, I feel it's, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty overrated in my opinion, but okay. Keep going. I actually like it. I like the adapts uh, to the Angels for I don't know how many consecutive years this has been. And, of course, as we're recording this right now, they're 6-2. and two Oh, good. With a couple of great rallies with our guy, Yunel Escobar. Oh, yeah. Being in the midst of it. And people laughed when I drafted him in the League of Leagues. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm taking the leadoff hitter who hits two spots in front of Mike Trout. That's right. Terrible pick here in Love the it. 50th round. Great pick. I apologize. But and I apologize for not knowing how many, for not knowing how many years this has been. The Angels once again will sell you a beer for $4.50 and admittingly, that it's is, Coors Light, it's Bud Light. 16-ounce beers. Still, a, it's still a $4.50 beer at a major league sporting event. At a event. sporting event. Right. And, and it's not the Masters. <laughs> So, By the way, it's so, it's like nine bucks for the exact same beer at Dodger Stadium. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. I literally double think, the price. I think that's accurate. Okay, that sounds about right. It's a terrible place. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. I don't go that far. But it's not just, great. Okay. Uh, what else? Like Duncan? Oh, there was. Okay. <laughs> There's more. So there was a, there was a road rage <laughs> incident. This will be the last one. I, I thought we were. Okay, I literally. I know because I was reading backwards. <laughs> Jeez. Um, for what's right. in there in the notes. But I was at. Uh, I was in my hometown, <clears throat> not hometown, but my the town I live in now, yes. Huntington Beach. Okay, uh, right there outside of the Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, good. By the way, it's pretty good. Okay. it is a pretty good place. Uh, this <laughs> don't mo- get the donut hole. These two guys got into a road rage fight. It had been the second one I had seen in about four days, and the dudes were throwing blows. Except one of the guys was on a motorcycle and had a helmet. What? I, yeah. So of course it's an HB guy with it. He's wearing an A shirt. Uh huh. Uh, I couldn't see the wallet chain, but I just assumed it was there. <laughs> yeah. an ambulance even rolled by and stopped and hit its lights. And these guys just kept throwing and they're throwing haymakers and it's going. And then the light changed for them. And then both got on their like the one guy got on his bike. The other guy got on his drove away like nothing happened. What? Like we just saw. <laughs> we just saw a fight that was longer than a Ronda Rousey fight. Oh, oh. And they acted like nothing <laughs> happened and got in their cars and moved away. And by the way, and that reminds they should really just have a car chase channel. Okay. And they should have they should have a guy and do a red zone type of thing where like, hey, we're going to uh we're going to Omaha. <laughs> we got this Ford Fiat that's going and you know whatever. And twenty four hours of uninterrupted. Uninterrupted. Car. <laughs> and even when there's not, and when there's not one, uh-huh. all you do is show old yeah. Old car chases. Okay. And go to the jails and find these guys and have them break it down. Be like, okay, here's where you're doing. You're going down the five here. Yeah. What's your you're thought process? towards Mexico. Right. But then you get on the 73, and you know that's going to be jammed. You know, and you just have them break it down. Like, this is what pretty good. Wrong. What did you do? What would you do differently next time? Or, you know, if you have some analysts. The, the, the craziest thing about this is that I know it's a joke, but that no, sounds no, no. pretty No, that sounds actually pretty awesome. That actually – Sounds like it would work. It's not a joke. That sounds like it would work. This is legitimate. This would be a great. It would be a great idea. I, I agree. The car chase. Channel. I agree. How do we make this happen? If it was a premium, like it's a premium add-on and Directv or whatever. Do we need to start a GoFundMe for this? I think we should. I think it could happen. 
And then we just I don't I don't hate this idea. Let's make this happen. I love this idea. I Wait, love this idea. We should just make it we say a streaming service like yeah. monthly monthly fee. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Get it for your Xbox. Yeah. I'm not I'm not opposed to this. How do we make if there's somebody listening and I know there's nobody Guys, is. this is this is our escape from NFL media. <laughs> it is. This is how this is how this we break is, out. When this four, is when how four, we do it. When four friends form together and create well, the a, Car yeah. Chase channel. And we're, you know, we're famous <laughs> like the impractical jokers. I don't Just touring it. around. This is good. We do a road show. Man, I, you're, take you're it on, on the road. You're on to something, Rank. All right, we, gotta, we should end this Cut. podcast. Oh, my God. all our secrets. Uh, this show is all right. I like it. Uh, let's go. What a great show. What a great ending. For the Whiskit from Wisconsin, Alex Gellhofer, MG My Guy, Marcus Grant. For the genius, Adam Rank, I'm James Coe. <laughs> We're out. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.